Dennis Stewart for Health Naturally today. Uh, Last week we talked about anti-aging herbs, but another couple of really good topics came up from listeners and you'd like to look at some of those today. Yes, Jane, it's interesting to to get uh, telephone calls and even uh, correspondence from listeners and during the week I received two requests from listeners to, number one, say something about a common condition, uh, urinary tract infection. And secondly, we might touch on it later in the program, the uh, problem of uh, bones that won't heal. We'll start off looking at the uh, way in which natural medicine can address chronic recurring urinary tract infections. To NURFM, and we are taking your calls on Health Naturally today. And 49216216 is the number for your calls. And who have we got on the line here now? Oh, it's Kerry from Swansea, and you're looking for something to do with rheumatoid arthritis, Kerry. Yes, um, natural therapies, if there's any about Yes, to help with the condition. Okay, uh, Kerry, thanks for your call. Um, you've been diagnosed with rheumatoid, have you? Oh, no, my partner has. He's okay. in severe pain. Is, yeah. he, is he on um, a major medication, immunosuppressant? Yes. yes okay. Yes. Look, yes. always with this condition, particularly if it's being treated by some of the more powerful immunosuppressant uh, medications or even steroids, you have to be cautious about what you recommend. But I'll recommend a couple of things that, in my opinion, are unlikely to clash with anything uh, your partner's rheumatologist might have him on. Um, there is good evidence in the literature to suggest that the higher doses, and I emphasise this, the higher doses of fish oils can have some impact on lessening the inflammation behind rheumatoid arthritis. Now, when I say the higher dosages, as I've said on this program before, many people use fish oils, and I'm a great believer in both uh, the fish diet and also supplementing with fish oils if you're not a big fish eater. But most people don't appreciate to get any benefit, uh, any medicinal benefit, any therapeutic benefit. You have to be using fish oils in a range between, say, three to six grams. So if you're taking 1,000 milligram fish oil capsules, a minimum of three, but most benefit is likely to assert itself when you push it up to the higher levels. So that's one recommendation I would make. There are a couple of herbs which have a good reputation also as far as bringing about a complementary anti-inflammatory benefit, and these are well documented. And what I am saying to you, you should Google up or check out on the net and you'll find confirmation for it. Uh, Two... Two, two good herbs, the ordinary herb willow bark. Now, willow, oh, bark, okay. willow bark is an old-fashioned herb and was probably the first of the anti-inflammatory remedies to be used. It goes right back to the days of the Greeks and the Romans. Now, admittedly, in modern times, some of the constituents of willow bark have been extracted and synthesised, but in modern European clinical trials, willow bark has demonstrated a superior benefit in some levels of inflammatory activity than some of its isolates. It's easily procured. Um, Again, it should be taken in the correct dosage. And the dosage for willow bark, uh, without having my document in front of me here, I think would range between one to four grams of the bark three times daily, or if you were using an extract, one to four mils of it. Again, readily available. All these things can be procured from your health food store, your pharmacy. And interestingly... 
one of uh, an underused herb, an underused herb with remarkable uh, therapeutic benefits for inflammatory activity, is the uh, the herb wild yam. It's an interesting herb because from that herb was extracted some of the original material that led to the development of the contraceptive pill. Now, what this means is that herb contains a lot of steroidal uh, crude starting materials, and when taken as a herb, some of that uh, uh, chemistry converts into a useful anti-inflammatory benefit. Ideally, what perhaps should happen is uh, go to a herbalist, a compounding pharmacist, or even to a health food store that has a dispensary and get those two herbs, the willow bark and the wild yam, combined in a liquid preparation and dosed correctly. I think if you were to do that and also accelerate your dosage of fish oil, um, you're likely to get uh, some degree of benefit against the inflammation associated with this condition. Now, with the wild yam, how much of that should we okay. get? Sorry. Again, I haven't got the document in front of me, but it's, it's well-researched in the, in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia, which I mention on this program frequently, the, the, what I call the Bible of modern medical herbalism. I think you will find the dosage is between 1 to 2 grams three okay. times daily or 1 to 2 mils three times daily. And those two herbs probably would be better uh, sourced from a professional who could dispense them for you in a professional manner. Okay, now with the um, fish oil, did you say 100 grams of that daily or 1,000, sorry? Could you go over that again? The... Yes, with the fish oil, did you okay. say 1,000? What, what I said with that is that uh, 3 to 6 grams is a useful dose. So if you're using 1,000 milligram capsules, a minimum of 3 and go up to 6 Okay, that would that would be my recommendation. I make no promises, but they're very safe herbs under most circumstances. But again, anything you do, you need to pass on to your medical managers so that they yeah. can factor that into your treatment. Oh, thank you so much. We'll try it. Thank you, Kerry. Health Naturally now on to a new RFM for our sponsor. Dennis Stewart's new Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. And we will be talking about preventing urinary tract infections, but we're also taking your questions on 49216216. And that's the number that Jan rang from Adamstown. And it's all to do with a nasal condition, Jan. Oh, hello. Um, look, I'm actually, Dennis, I'm ringing up um, regarding my 11-year-old granddaughter. Oh, yes, yes. Who's, who's been to the doctors, several yes. doctors. Yes. Um, um, she has this very dry condition, crusty condition around her nose, starting to go up her nose. And yes. um, the doctor first said that it was eczema, so she tried um, several creams with yes. with no reaction whatsoever to it. Okay. Then um, went to another doctor and she was told um, that it was a school sore. So, and then he took a swab and it came back as a staph infection. Okay. And um, so he started her on antibiotics, yes. but she wakes up in the morning, whether she's been rubbing it or scratching it during the night, and it's very red and angry, but it, it doesn't seem to have. She's been a week on these antibiotics. The doctor said that she'll probably have to be on them for a fortnight, mm-hmm. which doesn't please her mother. Yes. And um, Look, if, if it's a staph infection, obviously she needs to be on the antibiotic. Um, right. But what you're saying here is it's more on the um, outside of the nose than the inside? Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and uh, around the nostril area, is it? Yeah, the nostril area. Okay. Look, you must keep going with what your good doctor has recommended, but what I suggest you do is try to get hold of 
uh, what's called the GA cream. Now, GA. GA cream. That's the cream that I manufacture for um, eczemas, dermatitis, inflammatory conditions that occur facially. And in this situation, it would seem that the the infection has caused an irritation and she's been rubbing it and has inflamed around the nostril area, very similar to a, to a facial dermatitis. I would yeah. suggest that the GA cream, which you could pick up from my rooms at New Lambton, might be a, uh-huh. might be a useful starting base. Um, uh-huh. It's not an unpleasant cream, it has no odour, and it is based, interestingly, on an isolate from licorice, and um, it has a long history, uh, both in pre-Second World War conventional dermatology and uh, in subsequent natural medicine, uh, where I brought it into revival probably 25 years ago. Whip over to uh, Alma Road, get, tell them there that you were listening to the program and they'll look after you. Uh, get some GA cream and try it. Thank you ever so much, Dennis. Okay. Pleasure. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Jan, for your call and 49216216 for your call if you've got a question for Dennis. But, Dennis, right at the moment, mm. you said you'd start talking about uh, preventing urine, UTIs. Urinary tract infections. Mm. In fact, we had a call um, from a listener during the week at my rooms asking me to go over uh, some of the recommendations that I made way, way back last year about this common condition. By urinary tract infections, for the f- sake of listeners, we're generally speaking about what's called cystitis. And what we're talking about is this chronic level, not necessarily an acute episode. An acute episode of cystitis needs to be treated by the GP and usually involves appropriate antibiotic medication. But what we have, or what we see very frequently in our practices are, of course, chronic conditions. That's where complementary medicine tends to shine. And we get a very significant proportion of patients presenting with a wretched history of urinary tract infections. And by that, we mean urinary symptoms such as burning, uh, scalding, uh, frequency, feverish conditions. And some, some patients never, ever seem to escape the recurrent nature of this. Now, fortunately, fortunately, in natural medicine, There are a couple of remarkable remedies, and I say remarkable, but again, well-documented. Most things that I say on this program uh, can be looked at on information and found to have a credible basis. The best way of seeking and working with your GP or your therapist to offset the likelihood of urinary tract infections recurring is to do two simple things. That is by way of supplements. First of all, appreciate the significance of ongoing, let me emphasise it, the significance of ongoing usage of cranberry, particularly in a concentrated form. People talk about cranberry juice, and that's fine, albeit to get any benefit, you'd have to be using about 16 ounces of it, what we refer to in the old days as nearly a pint of cranberry juice a day to get a benefit, and sometimes cranberry also contains a significant amounts of sugar, and I'm not really in favour of that. So some of the modern preparations in the marketplace now, uh, cranberry in a concentrated, encapsulated or tableted form, is a very useful way of harnessing the proven benefits of cranberry as an ongoing prophylactic device against recurrent infection. How does it work? We know how it works pretty well now. There used to be various theories about it, but now we know that the most likely explanation is that it inhibits 
or lessens the adherence of bacteria to the mucous membrane of the urinary tract. In other words, it interferes with the feeding fields of bacteria and sets up an ongoing antagonistic environment to bacterial infection. But let me emphasise, it needs to be kept going. It is not just something to use here and there. If you've got this wretched condition, you need to see yourself going on to cranberry and staying on it. And over time, in most cases, it will lead to a quietening down of it and a lesser need to present to the GP for an appropriate acute treatment. But the other thing, Jane, that's most important with urinary tract infections is to recognise the supreme importance of a herb from Africa called buku. I refer to it as a buku tea because it's basically the leaf of a herb that grows in South Africa uh, known as buku or betulima, and it is simply taken as a herbal tea. I would be one of the few uh, therapists, practitioners, dispensers that, uh, that stock buku as a crude herb, and it's taken simply as a tea. And what buku does, interestingly, buku has a very fragrant aromatic oil, and most herbs that have an aromatic oil have some subsequent medicinal effect. With buku, it has a proven track record of functioning as a urinary tract antiseptic, not an antibiotic, an antiseptic. So the constituents of buku, as they're eliminated across the urinary tract, establish a very viable antiseptic benefit. And my standard recommendation for patients or clients or listeners even who battle urinary tract infections, take on board those two, which will not clash normally with anything you're doing. And I'd be the most surprised person, Jane, if people didn't feed back to us and say how useful that recommendation is. Cranberry in concentrated dosages ongoingly as a prophylactic and the use of buku tea to support it. Two herbs working in two different ways. This is Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. And we're taking your calls. And Jody, um, I think we're up to you. Now, you're talking about skin discoloration, are you? Um... Yes, my daughter is 15 and she's got skin discoloration just under the armpits, not in the armpits, but underneath and goes all around the front. And we've been to two doctors. One said, try this cream, which she tried, and we didn't really see much difference. And the other doctor said, oh, just leave it. It should go away. But it's not going away. Okay. Jodie, has has your daughter had any eczema or dermatitis conditions? No, never. Okay. And this condition has not been diagnosed as as vitiligo, has it? No, there hasn't hasn't been any diagnosis with it really. It does kind of look like dry skin, but it's kind of a more of a brownie colour. Um, okay. But it doesn't flake off or anything. It's okay. Just, Look, all, yeah. all always with these conditions of the skin, particularly when when you can't see them, when you can only depend upon what you're telling us. Anything I say is likely to be uh, a little bit speculative, but but harmless. Yeah. Put it that way. Um, look, yeah. I suspect that there's an underlying. Uh, inflammatory condition, a mild form of dermatitis. Um, In that condition, what's called the GA cream would be worthwhile using. I just said you're talking about it and I thought, oh, that could be the answer. What I will do, if you hang on after I finish, the producer will take your name and address and I shall send to you free of charge from the practice a jar of the GA cream 
so that you can uh, so that you can give it a go. But oh, fantastic. Uh, Thank you. The other thing that I would ask is, how old um, is your daughter? She's 15. Uh, and I don't want to be invasive or anything, but is she um, using any contraceptive pill or anything like that? No, she's, a, she's okay. been on any medication. Okay. The, only, the only reason I ask that is that sometimes, sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes, uh, some contraceptive pills will cause some uh, minor uh, alterations in, in the skin colour. I suggest, um, okay. I suggest what you do is try the GA cream. Hang on, we'll get it to you. Give the producer your name and address. Thank you for your call, Jody. Stay on the line there. And we will now go to Barry from Curry Curry. Now, Barry, um, it's a question about incontinence. Is that right? Yes, Armin. Yeah. Hello, Barry. Hello, Adam. What's happening to you, Barry? Uh, my partner, she's got incontinence. Yes. Elderly, la- elder, elderly lady? Yes, 75. Yes, yes. And I was just wondering if there's anything that could ease it. Okay. Is it, is it a severe incontinence? Like, is she constantly wearing pads and things like that, Barry? 24-7. Okay. Look, it's unlikely, it's unlikely uh, that you'd be able to do very much for it. But as I said a week or so ago, um, there is one herb that is prominently recommended uh, in the literature, and I refer to the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia, and that is a rare herb called sweet sumac, or botanically known as Rus aromatica. Um, Some uh, patients that I have had on it for years dare not go off it because it has improved their condition so much. Others that I have prescribed it to have had no benefit from it at all. Um, If there is anything that's likely to help her, it is the sweet sumac or Rus aromatica. Um, now, you're up in Curry, aren't you? Yes. Okay. Look, if you are interested in giving it a go, you could pick it up from Sally Bowen's practice in, in Cumberland Street, Cessnock. Yeah, well, see, we have a hard time getting there because we're on 24-7 oxygen. Okay, well, I would, I would suggest that the likelihood of this doing your partner very much good is, is remote and it would be too inconvenient for you, I suggest, uh, to go and get hold of it. Um, whereabouts, whereabouts do you live in, uh, in Curry? In Maitland Street. Well, if you, if you uh, at the end of my talk, if you quietly give to the producer your name and address, I'll see what we can do to get the product to you. Well, thank you very right. much, sir. I, I make no guarantees, but I will seek to get it to you. Anything's um, a good try. I, I know what you mean, and I understand where you're coming from. Your partner doesn't uh, get recurrent infections, does she? No. Okay. It's just the loss of uh, of the um, of the bladder tone. Look, yes. You, hang on. Give the producer your name and address, and I will seek uh, in my uh, passage through the uh, curry area where all my forebears came from. I'll seek to get something to you. And thank you for your call, Barry. It's 21 to 1 on 2NURFM's Health Naturally, and this might be a moment, Dennis, to uh, just take a quiet look at our second topic that we're going to talk about today. Why not? Bone fractures that are a bit slow coming back to... You'd be surprised how many people present, uh, usually on behalf of a relative, uh, their, their husband or wife, who present with the problem that uh, their partner, wife or whatever has had a fall and there's been a fracture and the fracture is very, very slow to heal. 
not just a condition relative to elderly people, even younger athletes can experience the same. Now, in this condition where uh, fractures are slow or reluctant or tardy to heal and risk further medical intervention, it's important for listeners to know that in promoting the knitting of bones, the knitting of bones, there is a, a chemical constituent that was originally extracted from the herb comfrey. Now, comfrey is very, very well known. Uh, it is not um, legal to be prescribed because the long-term use of comfrey as an oral supplement may, we say may with a question mark, affect the liver. So it's not a recommendation to use comfrey. But interestingly, the active principle or one of the active principles from comfrey is a substance called allantoin. And allantoin was made famous by a British doctor, a Dr McAllister, who wrote a good paper on comfrey and allantoin, a copy of which I have. Allantoin comes as a little white powder. Again, it can be uh, googled up, can be looked at. It occurs in medical literature. And allantoin in very, very, very small dosages, sometimes no more than a quarter of a teaspoonful, carried out over a period of time, will show remarkable a speeding up of the healing of bones. So for people out there that are worried about a fracture that's not healing well, take on board the potential benefit of that extract of comfrey, not comfrey itself, but the extract of comfrey, allantoin, which taken in very, very small dosages is remarkable and proven in its, in its effect to promote the healing of bones. So there's two little things we've touched on today. Urinary tract infections with those two remarkable herbs, uh, the cranberry and the buku, and this problem of the slow healing bone that won't knit uh, the extract of comfrey, which, by the way, used to be known as knit bone. There's a bit of help for patients out there, or clients, I should say, <laughs> that have presented to me over the years with those two common conditions. Health Naturally, for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre, taking your calls on 49216216. It's quarter to one. And we have Marianne now, who's rung in from Aberdeer. You want to know what Dennis thinks of Arbor Vitae, is that right? That's correct. Marianne, um, Arbor Vitae, Remind me. Potato, I, potato. I, I, I'm embarrassed. Uh, I know this, no, herb, no, no, but okay. it, it, it has momentarily skipped my mind, and I'm that's okay. terribly that's embarrassed. Okay. I'll tell you the recipe yeah. that, as much as I know yeah, anyway. Have you, have it's aloe got, vera. Uh, yes, aloe vera. With frappea and um, something, uh, an extract of maritime pine bark. Okay, the pick nodule, yes. And where does, yep. the, where does the arbor vita come into it? The what? You mentioned Arbor Vitae. Where did that come into it? Well, that was the name of the people that are selling it. That's, that's oh, what it is. Okay. Well, okay. That, that, is, that is the name of a herb. The, the, um, uh, how can I call it? An alternative name for a herb. Now, don't hold me to it. Uh, don't hold me to it. I think the common name of the herb is Grindelia, but don't hold me to that. When I get back to my rooms at Church Street, not Church Street, for goodness sake, that was, that was in the 80s. <laughs> when, I get, when I get back to Alma Road in, in about half an hour, uh, you give me a ring there and I'll tell you the exact um, common name of this because I'm looking at Simon Mill's textbook on the Dictionary of Modern Herbalism and can see this name uh, there as an alternative name for a herb which I think might be Grindelia, but don't hold me to it. 
that's that's probably the name of the of the company. You say, well, it's named after a herb. The company is using that herb name as its company, and that's novel and good. But the preparation you referred to uh, sounds more like something for the gastrointestinal tract. Well, it's actually, um, there's one, they sell one for arthritis, yes. and then there's another one which is for a blood disorder, and apparently, and, and I'm ringing this up for a friend of mine in Sydney, she heard a, an article by a, a news, news reader in, in, or, you know, an announcer on 2GB, yes. and he'd used it for a blood problem, and it actually helped him with his glaucoma. Uh, not glaucoma, macular degeneration. Uh, well, if there was anything in that that would help his macular degeneration, it would probably be the extract of the uh, pine bark. That um, has some very significant um, free radical constituents in it, uh, which would make it applicable to that. You said the other constituents were aloe vera? And papaya. And papaya. I can't see either of those. I can't see either of those having any impact at all on macular degeneration. Uh, aloe vera has more to do with gastrointestinal soothing, very similar to the effect of, of uh, slippery elm, so that puzzles me. And papaya is more a, a substance that is a digestive enzyme, that's, uh, which in conjunction with um, aloe vera might be a useful combination to address mild gut dysfunction. The adding of pycnodulol or the pine bark extract, uh, that, that's the only thing that I can see would likely have any benefit uh, as an oral supplement with constituents similar, I suspect, to the bilberry in addressing this condition. And only there, it should only be used under, under monitoring and, and medical care as anything to do with the eye always has to do. With, with anything to do with the blood, be very, very cautious. Um, I don't recommend any non-medical uh, attempts to treat blood disorders. They rightly belong in the camp of the haematologist, the GP, because some herbs, believe it or not, can interfere with the blood profile uh, if they're indiscreetly prescribed. So that probably hasn't helped you very much, but if you give me a ring in my rooms on 49562321, I'll be back there in about half an hour. I can talk, you, talk to you more about this and also give you the, 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 the herb's name, the common name for the, for the company name that you've mentioned. Thank you, Marianne, and uh, the Latin scholars amongst us will, oh, of course, no, recognise that it means tree I'm, of life. Tree of life, that's <laughs> and I'm kicking myself because I can see it before my eyes here. It's an alternative name that's used for a very, very common herb. I thought it was Grindelia, but on reflection I might be wrong. So when I get back I'll have to do what I really have to do, Jane, and really these days. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Go on, there's a Terrible. lot in that head I'm of yours. <laughs> okay. Uh, Christina's rung in from Greta on 49216216. Christina, you've got a question for Dennis about tumours on adrenal glands. Is that right? Yes, please. Hello, Christina. How are you? Fine, thanks, Dennis. Good, good. <laughs> good. How can we what help you? you? Uh, the other week, I think it was last week or the yes. other week, you mentioned about tumours on yes. the adrenal gland. Phaeochromocytoma. Yes. Yes. And, uh, but you, did, you, did, you didn't or I didn't hear what you uh, said to use or to oh, do. Well, you, you, would, you wouldn't use anything on them. The first thing you would do is uh, you would present very, very quickly 
uh, to a specialist. Your GP uh, may have diagnosed the condition, as I mentioned last ne- last week, from appropriate scans and, and 24-hour urine tests. And this condition uh, doesn't need to be fiddled around with because if it is a phaochromocytoma, uh, they're usually a benign tumour, but what they do, unfortunately, is cause uh, episodic accelerations in the blood pressure. And my wife is one of the very, 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 very rare people that has had one of these, so I know a little bit about it. Many GPs, or most GPs, I suspect, would never have uh, diagnosed one of these conditions in their life. And when my wife had her tumour removed uh, by an excellent surgeon in Gosford, he was a very elderly man, um, and it was only the second uh, such tumour that he had removed in his whole professional uh, surgical career. So it's not a very uh, common lesion, and the only reason I threw it in last week, we had a, a listener who uh, mentioned that she had uncontrollable blood pressure, and I said as an offhand remark, uh, has she been checked by a GP for the possibility, the rare possibility of a phaochromocytoma. This is not something that lends itself to herbal medicine at all. It it's rightly belongs in the camp of the surgeon. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, Christina. Good. Thanks, Christina. If you call and 49216216, still got time for a call or two more, and we'll go to Rutherford now for Yvonne and aloe vera. You've got something you want to know about aloe vera, Yvonne. Hello, I Eva. use aloe vera juice. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I have irritable bowel syndrome. Yes, yes. And I was told by a chemist many years ago yes. to try aloe vera juice. Yes, yes. It's I great... was using it. Yes. But then I got onto a cheaper one, so now I'm drinking a small glass each night. Yes. And the uh, irritable bowel has more or less disappeared. Yep. Aloe, aloe vera, the juice of aloe vera. Now, I need to say something about aloe vera here because a lot of people use aloe vera direct from their garden. You need to be a bit cautious for a couple of reasons. It's the aloe vera um, pulp, if you like, that is the component from which the juice is extracted. The outside of aloe vera contains a very, very, very potent cathartic agent which can sit you on the toilet for 24 hours running if you, uh, if you mistake the part of the aloe vera to use. So I say this to all listeners, uh, if you're using aloe vera, use it very, very cautiously because it has two actions. One, as a conventional cathartic agent, frequently called up in constipation remedies, and that's based on the skin of the aloe vera. But the pulp of the aloe vera, which is the, uh, how can you call it, the inside of the fruit or the leaf, contains a substance that is very, very soothing to the gut, functions somewhat like slippery elm, and in what's called Ayurvedic medicine, Aloe vera gel is considered to be one of the most soothing, regulating and potentially anti-inflammatory agents for mild gut dysfunctions such as some of the symptoms of IBS. So well done. That, you, you've reiterated uh, an understanding that I've known for a long time about aloe vera. But again, I come back to the point, if you're going to use it medicinally, use it in a professionally prepared way and stick to the correct dose. Well, uh, I was getting it originally from the chemist. Yes, good. And I was just taking a, a small dose. Yes. But I got onto a cheaper one. That's so now okay. I'm taking a, a small glass each night. Yeah. Look, it doesn't matter what brand you're using. If it is aloe vera gel, it's aloe vera gel, and uh, the dosage should be on the container. Um, it's a very popular supplement, as you probably found out. And um, 
uh, good luck to you. It's a remarkable remedy for what you've spoken about. And, of course, generic medicines are all so much in at the moment, aren't they, Dennis? They are indeed. So as long as the ingredients are there. And I think Cheryl will be our last caller for today from Cessnock. And uh, we're sticking with the bowel here. Hello, Cheryl. Hello, Cheryl. Hello. How can we help you, Cheryl? Um, I go to the toilet and I can't finish and... Um, I get a lot of pressure and sometimes I bleed and when I go back in about five minutes, it comes away. Have you seen your doctor? No. You've got to see your doctor. Any any bowel condition that's characterised by bleeding or irregularity, Cheryl needs to be investigated. Now, promise me that you'll go to your GP, talk, yes. talk to him about this because these sorts of symptoms are not to be fiddled with. They're not to be domestically treated. If you're bleeding, see your GP, who will probably initiate some investigation. You promise me you'll do that? Yes, I will. Good on you. Excellent, Cheryl. Cheryl. Well, we've covered some topics today, Dennis. We have indeed, Jane. It's been a good program. It's been good fun. It's your presentation, Jane. Oh, I think Uh, it might be something. The lovely voice behind the microphone there. (laughs) Something to do with (laughs) a few things you know, Uh, Dennis. Stuart. And we'll be back with Health Naturally again next Friday after the midday news on 2NURFM. And you can catch the program on podcast um, through our website, 2NURFM.com as well.